a time of ancient gods. <laughs> oh, that's the kings. I'm, I, I'm going so feral, man. Like, now I can finally say that I've watched Zena and my mom will stop trying to shake me down to make <laughs> me watch Zena. She was right. I did like it. Yeah. And even better, you can tell her you have watched it in its entirety. I've watched all of Xena. You, <laughs> you, you could school your mother on Xena. <laughs> I could school my mother on Xena. I can bring up plot points that she's never even heard of. You can, um, actually your mom. <laughs> Have you watched, um, actually? No. The game show? No. Oh. Oh. I think you would love it. I think you would get a kick out of it. Anyway, the Xena feels there. Yeah, I have been getting edits of the finale. Um, Get yeah. Oh, does it hurt? Oh, oh boy, does it sting? I will start to randomly cry if I think about it too much. Um. Yeah, that that hurts so much. I am not proud of um, accidentally like bursting into tears over the finale in front of my mother, like a week, uh, a week after we oh watched the finale. Um, this poor woman, like twice in my life now, she has watched this show consume me, <laughs> and this time it actually broke me. I'm sure that when she heard we were watching Xena again, she was just like, oh, oh not this shit again. Oh, yeah. Because she's... My mother could have gone the rest of her life without watching Xena again. And she would have been so happy. Um, Fortunately, she had you. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, she raised a butch. <laughs> <laughs> so she can't really escape this show if she wanted to. Nobody is safe. Yeah. Rip. I am disappointed with myself because between uh, recording like actual Xena and this, I wanted to have read some of Melissa Good's fanfiction to see like what the big deal is. I have not gotten to it. Mm -hmm. I have not gotten to it yet. I am disappointed in myself, but I also haven't gotten to all the librarians fanfiction I have open. By the way, if you haven't watched it yet, watch the librarians. You don't have to watch the movies first. Honestly, I would suggest watching them between seasons as like Flynn lore drops. Especially because that only matters for the final season. So. I'm going to watch The Librarians eventually, but not because I have a choice. Yeah. We have to finish Quantum Leap first. It's been six months since we watched the last episode. We are literally halfway through. No way. It, it has not <coughs> been six months. Time is fake. Yes, it has. Oh my god. No, it has. We haven't watched it since before we started Xena. And Xena took us a really long time because we were dragging our feet. Oh my god. One day we will do a special season to talk about modern shows we adore. One day. And, oh, actually, we're gonna, I might, 
actually ponder that with you as we're watching Black Hole High after this. I know what I want to subject to people in the modern stuff season. We're gonna have to watch Rubber again. I need to watch the sequel. I need to watch the sequel. There's a sequel to Rubber and I have never seen it even though I literally have the original Rubber on my iPod. Oh, bro. I'm just like this, man. This has been my favorite movie since I was like 15. <laughs> what do you think your favorite episode of Xena is? Oh, that is a tough one. There are so many. There's yeah. a lot of episodes. I have like a running list of episodes for if we ever get the chance to um, trap the unknowable guest into watching. But here's the problem is as I count it up, it's pretty much just a season worth of episodes that I consider to be like top tier. But also a lot of these, I don't think I would That's because favorite. you made the list. <laughs> the list, dude. Of course it's gonna be like a full season. Yeah. Well, you need a variety. Honestly, I really like the uh, the uh, Slumber Party mm. episode. That was delightful. Oh yeah, the clip show. <laughs> and I just love the dynamic between Aphrodite and Gabby. They're just so besties. Imagine being besties with a literal god. That, honestly, Aphrodite is so good. God, I love Aphrodite. Yeah, but also- In general. I, yeah, cause <laughs> watching the librarians got me back on a mythology kick uh, in general. So I finally got back into Greek mythology because of that and Xena. Love that. And like getting back into mythology, I'm realizing exactly how good they did Aphrodite in this show. Because they truly keep to, yeah, they truly keep to like the spirit of her and the vibe of her mythology, where it's like she's going to cause problems even when she meets the best. Um, but <laughs> she also might cause problems just because f you do cause problems on purpose or by accident, and they're about the same level of problems. And I support that. I support women's rights and women's wrongs. She can do whatever she wants. Aphrodite can do whatever she wants forever. She's goddamn Aphrodite. <laughs> like, are you gonna try and tell Aphrodite no? What What are you doing? <laughs> can do whatever she wants forever, and if you have a problem with that, then too f***ing bad. <laughs> Go hang out I'm, with Aries. I'm gonna answer what my favorite to the episode is, but then... We need to talk about the Sappho episode while we're on the topic of Aphrodite. Yes, I know nothing about the, Sap the uh, Sappho episode other than what you yeah. have subjected me to, and I'm sure you have a lot more information. So, here's the thing. I, I don't think I can say there is a singular favorite episode I have, because there's a lot of episodes that I've gotten to watch now where it's like, I love this so much, but I don't know if... I love it more than my favorite episodes as a kid. I feel like I just have more favorite episodes. <laughs> Cause like- Yeah. There's so many, okay, there are so many different kinds of episodes. Yes! There's, there's your general Greek mythology stuff. 
that's a, its own genre mm -hmm. of episode. And then there's the we are f***ing around and finding out episodes. Like yes. the one with the freaking tabloid reporter who was there. They yeah. didn't mention. And there's like the clip shows are literally their whole different thing. And even though like the one with Aphrodite and Gabby, that was a clip show, but it was like a different kind of clip show than most of the other clip shows were. Mm -hmm. And there's the uh, two moms having domestic tomfoolery to deal with kinds yes. of episodes, low stakes ones, the silly ones. Mm -hmm. There's there's so many different flavors of episode, and yeah. I don't think you can pick one favorite no. one unless you feel strongly about one kind of episode. Yeah, because the best way I can put it is just that they all are a favorite for a different reason. Like, I love Married with yeah, Fish Sticks exactly. for different reasons than I love The Quill is Mightier for different reasons than I yeah. love, like, Bittersweet's, <laughs> like, a Bittersweet. Um, but also, I'm currently just struggling to remember the titles of the other episodes that I loved that aren't my favorite because they're so weird and goofy because that is like a primary reason those episodes are my favorite. Oh, actually, one of my other favorite episodes is the one where Ares is a normal guy on a farm with a dog yes. for a while. I love that episode. Just so let good. that make some guy. And I feel like he'd, he'd really benefit from just being yeah. some guy for a while. Oh, okay. Okay. Without We're gonna going to get on to the Sappho episode after this, but that reminded me. Um, another reason that I keep bringing up the librarians was to try and remember this. Uh, I Since I was a child, I have always vaguely had the name Joe jo LaDuca in the back of my head. I could never figure out why um, until we started watching Xena and his name kept popping up in the credits. I'm like, oh, that's why that name is always so familiar. I start watching The Librarians because uh, my friend Clark got me into it on, like, he recommended it. He thought I would love it. I do. It's my everything now. Um, That's the re He's the culprit. Yes, he's also um, the friend who is inadvertently responsible for this podcast because back in 2020, he got me back into Smallville. You did this, Clark. You did this. <laughs> so... As I'm watching The Librarians, I see that name again of Joe LaDuca. And I finally look it up. And you're just like, wait a minute. Who are you? <laughs> I look it up. He's the guy who did the music on two, not just two shows, actually, a lot of shows, a lot of stuff. I remember you telling me this. A lot of stuff I love. He has done the music for, especially stuff where the music is my favorite part. Like, he's done basically all of Evil Dead, except the first one. Uh, he did Xena, he did The Librarians, he's done Leverage, he's done a lot of the Spartacus movies. He, it, there's a lot, and it's all so good. Guys just got talent. He really does. You need to listen to his music. It is so good. They have, they have. I feel like I've listened to a lot of it already. I just didn't know it. Spotify has the albums for the musical episodes. You can listen to the Aries Tango. Oh hell yeah! And 
you can listen to Ted Raimi doing Dancing in the Moonlight as Liberace, basically. Oh, God. oh yeah, from the episode that we didn't watch. And it's, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, and here's the fucking thing. This is now my favorite version of Dancing in the Moonlight. No joke. Like, oh my God. This is, I, this is gonna end up on my Spotify wrapped at the oh, end no. of the year. Like, here, okay. If this episode goes up in time for me to, like, be able to confirm if this is in my Spotify wrapped, I will add a bit here to update y'all on if it actually ended up in my Spotify wrapped. <laughs> if it didn't, I'm cutting this out. Nice. Uh, Joe LaDuca aside, because I just had to go on a tangent about my current music hyperfixation. So, the Sappho episode. The Sappho episode uh, was going to be written by, or was written. It is available to read. You can find it online. Uh, the script is out there. It was slated for February 2021, but was never shot. Uh, that... <laughs> Uh, I have read it. I don't think I read it to the end. Um, I I am not a big fan of it, personally. Sucks, because if, if they'd done it right, it would have been right up your alley. But they didn't. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's it's got some weird... It's got some weird takes on BDSM. And I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Love that. And it was written by Robert Tapert, um, who is one of the executive executive producers, I believe, with Sam Raimi. Can't remember if they're the executives. Yeah. Um, he's also Lucy Lawless's husband. Oh. Um, <laughs> hmm. And it was also written with Melissa Good. So, two out of three, you know? Hmm. Two out of three with her. You got that. <laughs> uh, this episode also, I... This is the only reason I mourn this episode. This is the only reason my little butch heart bleeds that we didn't get this episode. And that is because it was going to be guest starring KD Lang. And I know that silence is because you don't know who she is and that... Uh, yep. <laughs> Remember that she's a musician. I love her. That doesn't help me much. Um, and I'm gonna send you the photo that, like, I know recently we talked about this. Yeah, but I have the attention span of a squirrel on all of the drugs, so I do not remember. Uh, she's also responsible for this <laughs> magazine shoot that. If you, like, took a scan of my brain, I think this is all you would see. If you- if you haven't seen it, or you don't know what I'm talking about, um... Oh. Look up KD Lang magazine cover. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. That was- I'm sending you another. Hmm. Absolutely devastating that we didn't get to see that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, she was gonna be in this. She was going- she- <laughs> We've been robbed. We could have gotten Katie Lang and Xena! Ah! 
basically, this episode is following um, Zena and F. Zena and Gabby because they happen to look just like uh, Sappho and her partner and they have to fix their relationship because Sappho's like got this really abusive Dom thing going on hmm. and there's like there's fighting between Zeta and Gabby at one point because of misunderstandings. Um, it's it's a very long summary, and I don't want to read it all out because that's just gonna be a lot. But to try and sum it up from the beginning, basically Aphrodite, quote unquote, stole Shafo. Um, from the muses at like stole her worship or whatever she now has writer's block it's causing problems in her relationship even though there were already some big problems or there's something like that um, and so because of all these issues Aphrodite hires Gabby and Xena to basically play doubles so that they can just try and get this together because the muses in like petty revenge cursed her son to not be into I I'm still a little unclear on what they cursed him with. Hmm. I <laughs> It's a whole thing. Huh. It is a whole thing. And it could have been really good. But like I said, just personally, it's not what I want out of a Sappho episode. I'll send you the wiki if you want to read it through yourself. Oh boy. At some point. I'm excited but, yeah. to see what sort of horrors they included in that. It just. Uh, yeah, I just personally don't like it. Maybe it's a good thing we didn't get that episode. I know. And I do like the little, what feel like, um, could have been inspirations later on or callbacks too because the slumber party episode of I mentioned in that episode that like that opening I kept like kind of side-eyeing it because it reads a lot like the opening to the Sappho episode so um oh it, yeah boy. it like jump scared oh, yeah me. I remember that yeah I remember you being confused because <laughs> you were like didn't get the Sappho episode. Why are we getting it the Sappho episode? Me so much. I mean, I would have been scared too if I found out about an episode that didn't exist, and then I thought we were about to get the episode that didn't exist. That's like some creepy pasta. Yeah. <laughs> Lost media. It could have been good. I do like that. There's a bit um, in the final season where Zena actually. Well, first of all, they go to see Sappho, or there's a bunch of shenanigans around them trying to go see Sappho for Gabby's birthday in that last Aphrodite episode with mm. the girl who's supposed to be sacrificed, and they <laughs> try to, like, talk her out oh of her God, cult. Oh my that was such an episode. Yeah, that was such a good such one. Such an episode. Uh, wait, where the f*** was I? Where was my train of thought? Hell, um, the episode where they got oh, the cult no. girl to be- Yeah, why was I referencing- Oh, yes, 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 um, they- there's 
hijinks in that episode about Sappho. There's hijinks of them trying to go see one of her shows. Yeah, and there is hijinks. In the end, uh, in the end, Xena commissions a poem as a present to Gabby. Um, that's the gayest oh. ever. And that's why I'm just gonna say, if they wanted to, they would. If she wanted to, she would. Come on, if- <laughs> Listen to me what I say. If he wanted to, he would. Oh my god. Xena is like... She- she is just raising the bar. She really is! They literally just hit us with that, with like, no warning, other than like, the casual mention of the Sappho poem thing that they missed. And then it's just like, oh, hey, I, I got a poem from Sappho for you. And it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, that's so gay. Let me compose myself for a moment. <laughs> I have to recover from that. Also, that episode was just really oh, gay yes. in general. Like, that, that yeah. and like, Zena and Gabby were taking a bath in the river, obviously naked, and the oh. cult girl is just so unbelievably flustered like she cannot function she is so flustered oh. <laughs> seeing two naked women Great. just having a good time taking a bath <laughs> it was just i mean relatable uh, i mean but also I, it was really funny I, yeah. and i like how that just like that set yeah. the tone for the rest of the episode oh did it ever it really did that moment it was just Oh, so that's what kind of episode this is gonna be. Yeah. And then Aphrodite showed up, and I was just like, Oh, that's the kind of episode this is gonna be. They turned her into a Barbie girl. So, I remembered what I was trying to think. Which is, I do have one major critique, but that's also coming from someone who is a very tired lesbian in 2023. Oh, and no. all of my favorite shows are getting cancelled, and that all of the lesbians are dying, which is why the f did they have to end it with Xena dying? Like, here's the thing. Yes, I do think the finale is perfect. I do personally adore the narrative that they crafted here, but it still felt, the more I think about it, the more that particular element really grates on me. They had to bury one of the gays. Especially with Gabby going on to, like, continue her legacy. I do enjoy that. I do think it wouldn't be realistic for them to, like, settle down somewhere. But I also just am not a big fan of ending your thing with just killing off your hero. Especially when we have gotten such a ramp up of the homosexuality this season. We have gotten more explicit, like, no, they are each other's everything. Yeah, they leaned so hard into it. Like, there was so many yeah. explicit declarations of love and not just that, in this. But explicit, like, expressions of commitment. Yeah, between women's. Commitment, yeah. love between yeah. women's. Like, one of the Valkyries turned herself into fire to protect yeah. Gabby because she loved her so much. That's the gayest shit I've ever fucking heard yeah, in my life. Yeah, there's so many examples of these moments. And it's the thing of like, yeah, I will forever appreciate this show for 
in the late 90s, early 2000s, working within their, like, constraints, because that is so much of this and why I personally will never call Xena queer baiting, because I know there are some people that accuse them of that, because it's it's not. Yes, we technically don't get confirmation of their relationship until the final season before they kill one of them. But this is in a completely different context than Supernatural. It would have been really hard to show that kind of devotion between Xena and Gabby and have it not be gay. Yeah. It would have been really hard. It's like, are they best friends who love each other in a friend way? Or are they girlfriends? Yeah. Sometimes you can't tell. And that's the thing is like, not even that, but it's the fact that, that the time they were writing this with, there would be the phenomenon of like, the lesbian kiss week and like that where like uh -huh. lesbians are being explicitly used to farm views and be objectified this is the only way they can really show lesbian romance on television even though yes in the late 90s it was getting like easier it was getting easier but that doesn't imply that it was actually easy yeah because that's also that's so many people need to learn their queer history. That's what a lot of this comes down to, where it's like, yes, it was getting better. But that doesn't mean it wasn't still bad. Yeah, but even when we were in high school, it wasn't easy. Like, we were... Yeah. I don't want to say we were the last generation of queer people to, like, have a struggle with growing up, because there still is. We're in the middle of, like, people going after trans kids, also better now than it was when we were in high school it is not good or easy and i honestly don't think it will be for a very long time but it is still yeah. noticeably it is better. still an extremely wildly different context because it's been an exponential swing of support that's that's the thing people need to understand is like it wasn't always this publicly accepting yeah this is like <laughs> being called gay was still a very yeah. scathing slur back when this came yeah. out like another way to kind of put into context is like a moment that i like never forget because it feels so ridiculous but it also like <laughs> is in gym class i had been gifted rainbow shoes for the holidays because i was like super out and proud but i still had like a guy scoot over to me in class, look at my shoes, and just go, those are really f***ing gay. That's so funny, actually. Hey, your shoes are gay. There's so many things people will say about, like, being a teenager in the 2010s, because we were in high school 2010 to 2014. Um, and, like, there's so many things people will say about how progressive the 2010s were and how this and all that, um, which people I am finding are being more critical of how progressive it was then, because... It was all very, like, surface level, as long as it looks good, um, progressivism. It felt progressive compared to the 2000s, which I, I was, I remember, one time I was in elementary school, it was fifth grade, I was on the bus, and one of the other, like, one of the other girls on the bus was just like, are you a lesbo? For no reason, and I was just like, I'm ten, what are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, what have you been- have you been eating too many crayons? <laughs> Bro, it was just so strange, but for some reason, 
she thought that would be a scathing thing to say to me, and I was just like, what? Yeah. It's like, oh my And God. that was in like, mm -hmm. um, let's see here, 2007 to 2010 would have been middle school, so that was like 2006, I think mm -hmm. that happened. Yeah, one. Very confusing. But yeah, I, I have totally lost the thread that I was on. We even went back to check what we had said right before I lost my train of thought, and I have completely lost it. I talked about, um... Unfortunately, as compatible as our mental illnesses are, I cannot bring the train of thought back into their head. Yeah. I, I can, but <sighs> not even I can help with this one. Yeah, because I know I had a point beyond just the story of the kid calling my shoes gay. Um, God, it yeah. was, it was like a scathing thing to back then. I yeah, think, it, where we were going. It was basically, <laughs> it was like the last gasp of it being okay to be overtly and explicitly homophobic. Yeah, and it's like, ugh, it, it was. Exhausting. It was so fing exhausting to be a teenager in the 2010s. And I say that knowing fully well that it is still exhausting, if not more exhausting, to be a teenager now. It's just exhausting to exist right now. Yeah. And I just, if there happen to be any teenagers watching this, I am so fing sorry, kid. I am so fing sorry, buddy. We're tired, too. Everyone is tired. It's not just you. It's, yeah. If you feel like it's just you, it's because the people around you are hiding it. I have to say, I feel like it might be a little bit easier without the It Gets Better campaign, because do you know how much I fucking hated that? Oh my god. I still hold so much rage in my heart for the It Gets Better campaign. It gets better! It yeah. Shut the fuck up. Everything sucks! We're allowed to be mad about things sucking. Because, oh, yeah, technically things do get, like, better, but other things get harder. But a lot of the things getting better is, like, internal you figuring out how to cope with it yourself kind yeah. of thing. Sometimes yeah. your situation does genuinely, like, objectively get better. But yeah. sometimes it's just you figuring out more effective ways to cope. Yep. And they don't tell you that. It's like, oh, it gets better. Okay, but how is it going to get better? Am I going to have to wait for a situation to make it better? Or am I just going to have to start learning things to make it better myself? Yeah. They don't They don't specify. So, yeah. you. Yep. Oh, God. It's just... Man. Yeah. Hard <laughs> being let's, gay. Um... <laughs> let's just talk about Xena some more. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was talking about queer baiting. A queer baiting. Um, <laughs> because okay. Took a while to get there, but we made it there in the end. I don't think this was the initial point I was trying to get, but this was a point that that point spun off from, which is people. Um, I do hear some people calling Gabby and Zena queer baiting, but I will refuse to acknowledge that because this was in the context of. Okay, here- wait, no, 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 those points are connected. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> because 
So many people calling Xena and Gabby queerbaiting are ignoring the context of the time, which is that, and that I am not trying to defend her and her actions, that considering she is no longer culturally relevant and that she also did horrible things to wind up that way. But Ellen got her show canceled because she came out. There was no one that could be really safe. For, like, there were some actors who were, but in general, and still a lot of the times today, it isn't safe to be, like, out. Mm -hmm. And so it also wasn't safe to write as explicitly gay as you wanted. Of course, there are always exceptions to this. There, I'm not saying there is no good queer media of the time. I'm going to make a whole season dedicated to that. We're going to talk about, but I'm a cheerleader <laughs> and all the other good of the time. But a lot had to change for it to be consistent. And one of those things was the fact that a lot of queer coding and subtext had to be leaned into if they wanted, like, if you wanted to really do this. Because not everything could be done if it was gay. And so the fact that they had to wait till the final season to make it as explicit as they did, but it was always internally understood, that is not queer. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, there, I need to find the writer again. Uh, but there is, like, a writer on Xena who is on record saying that every time they wrote Xena and Gabby, they were in love. It's not queerbaiting. It's not. That was mentioned. They just didn't have a choice but to yeah. be subtle about it. And it's like... Especially with the inclusion of, like, Katie Lang and other amazing things they did with this show. I feel like what it... Like... It's sort of like how, like, going into this with only my childhood understanding, I had less of a good feeling about the queerness in this show. Now that I've seen it in, in its entirety, I feel a lot more positive about things that I previously had an iffy lens on, and I feel like that's the thing that everyone needs to understand with this is just get the full context. You need the full context. Anyways, let's rank the seasons. Okay, right. I was getting my notebook out. Okay, so season one. This is when we've got, like, Xena's on the beginning of her path to redemption. Gabby is this simple village girl who's refusing to leave her alone and is constantly getting in trouble. Uh, some... It's amazing how far they came. Okay, um, some notable episodes are Ares pretending to be Xena's father, uh, which we will come back to, uh, in order to goad her back into uh, his grasps. <laughs> uh, the clip show where Gabby attends an Athenian bardic school. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, Bruce Campbell helping them find the Ark of the Covenant. Oh yeah, that was a thing too. That's where he came in. It also features the first of Carl Urban as he plays the eldest son of Abraham trying to kill his little brother. We also get the famous Callisto ladder fight. Oh uh, yeah. Wait, so that was season one? 
Yes, that was season one. That was, I believe, her very first episode. They really introduced everybody in season. And we just forgot. I'm pretty sure that was also Joxer's first episode. Yeah, that was Joxer's first episode. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. They introduced them both in the first episode together. Not the first episode of the show, but... So what is your ranking for one? At least at the moment. Um, I don't know. It's pretty high up there. It definitely set the, uh... It set, like, the tone and introduced all the boys. All the important boys. Honestly, like, I feel like season one, it's at least number two for me. Yeah, same. At least. At least two or three. Yeah. It's like, it set the bar... But they also built off that to make better stories down the road. Oh yeah, they definitely did so much upon everything that they set up in season one. They had a solid foundation. Season two is uh, when we get to meet her son, Solon, who lives with the centaurs. Oh yeah. This also features the sexy lesbian vampire dance circle. Oh, yeah. Uh, the triple Xena double episode that features both Princess Diana and Meg. Oh, yeah, because they introduced Princess in the first season. That was the first Xena double. Mm-hmm. And then in season two, they added yep. another one. And then in season three, they added another one. And was there another one after that, or? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, this features the Xena Scrolls, the first episode in the meta plot of the world after Xena and her friends. Here comes Miss Amphipolis, which features a canonically trans beauty queen. Oh yeah, that was a good episode. What are some other iconic... We get the first Gabby and Xena kiss in this season. This is when Xena dies and possesses Bruce Campbell, and he facilitates the first lesbian kiss of this show. At least as far as I can remember, it was the first lesbian kiss. Straight enough for season two that it, <laughs> that, it that it could get a pass. I believe this is also where we get the first Aphrodite episode, in which she's trying to break up a marriage because the two cities uniting would result in one of her temples being torn down. Mm-hmm. The end also includes uh, <laughs> the final episode of this season also includes Carl Urban returning as Cupid. Yeah, it's a shame that they didn't have that much more of Cupid. He came back as like this season, but then we never saw him again, right? Or did we see a bit of no, him in I season three? No, I believe Cupid comes back one more time. I believe Cupid is in one more episode, and then he plays Caesar. This this one is hard, because I was going to say this one would go lower than season one. But then looking back at the episodes and thinking about it, I'm realizing I just feel like this season starts off rocky. But after that, it has some solid episodes. And I might say that this one goes above season one for me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it did have some pretty good episodes, but I feel like... It isn't so much, like, iconic as, like, the first season, and, like, they do have some good episodes in this season, but they have really good episodes in every season. 
And I think that there were fewer memorable ones in this season in particular. Fair enough. Season 3 features the Time Loop Cupid episode. Uh, Gabby becoming pregnant with hope. Oh. The introduction of the Chin Dynasty and Joxer's assassin brother. <laughs> Along with the fourth the fourth Xena double, who is mm -hmm. a priestess. Yeah. This features our first musical episode. The introduction of Caesar, played by Carl Urban. If I recall, did this season have a bunch of episodes that we skipped because they were weird? Not that I'm seeing. That might be season four. That might be season four, But also, four, we've yeah. skipped at least an episode in, like, every other season. Yeah. Okay, this season also features uh, my origin story, which is The Quill is Mightier, which is oh. the episode that made me want to become a published author as a child. Oh, yeah. For that, I'm going to put this one between season one and season two. Looking at the season as a whole, it is good. This is a solid season with, like, the hope the like hope and dayhawk storyline and Callisto and all of her issues but this is also the dayhawk storyline which i have made my feelings on very clear yeah that's why i'm putting this one pretty low down cuz that was yeah. the only thing that saves this season for me is the quill is mightier because I love this episode so much more now as an adult watching it than I did as a child, which I didn't think was possible when I was rewatching it. And then I came to appreciate all the things I never picked up on as a child. Yeah, this one definitely like, there's so much ick in this whole season, but they did bring yeah. in the Joxer number two, which I appreciate. I the Joxer yeah, lore- I just I realize. I forgot to mention that um, the premiere of this season is when they introduce the um, often hand-waved suggestion, but I'm going to just oh, say yeah, yeah con con confirmation yeah. Um, that Ares is Xena's dad, because the yeah. theories would not have let this go if he was not. Oh my god, I can't okay. believe you forgot about that. Yeah, because it keeps f***ing bugging us for the next three seasons because they keep trying to get them to But they literally, at the start of this season, were just like, yeah, maybe he's her dad. And then because of the consequences of that, which if he wasn't her dad, wouldn't have happened. It's like, it's literally canon. They could yeah. not have made it clearer so... without explicitly saying it. And then they just forgot about yeah. it. I... I don't think I really even need to describe season four for yeah. us to know that this is This one is... This the is the bottom of the list. We we skipped so this many episodes. This season was so boring. It was really boring, and there were... And just not good. We skipped, like, three or four episodes in this season just because they weren't plot relevant and were really like Bad. really really <laughs> icky presentations of like yeah. indigenous people specifically there was yeah. a lot that yeah. i think this was also the cultural appropriation this was also season. the in, yeah this is this was also the india season 
which yeah. is once again a thing where like we have to say like we are not Hindus, we are white. It just from what we know feels like a weird and kind of icky like yeah. white people take on this. It it, it, it feels like an extremely yeah. white people take on India. Like we could be wrong. They could have had like consultants and sensitivity consultants and stuff but also this was done in 1999 they had to have a disclaimer at the end of one of the episodes talking about it was in the how... beginning no i think it was at the end of what oh, there was one at the beginning and the end there was oh, one at the yeah. beginning saying they were gonna play fast and loose with history timeline and other aspects of mythology moral of the story season four goes at the bottom Season 4 goes at the bottom. We skipped more episodes of that season than any other season. I think in the other seasons we only skipped, like, maybe one episode. Yeah. But yeah. this one we skipped, like, four. This one we skipped at least three because we just couldn't. Okay, season 5 is okay, okay, okay. Here's where I get really conflicted when it comes to ranking them. Because season 5, this starts off with Fallen Angel. Objectively probably the best season premiere of this show. Yeah, this went so hard. After this, um, we get Succession, which is the episode when Xena and Gabby are stuck in the same body facing Aerie's new girlfriend. Yep. Oh my god, that was so good. This is also the season where Lucy Lawless in real life her and her husband got pregnant. They had a baby. This affected Xena, of course, in the result that she has an immaculate conception and then gives birth to the reincarnation of Callisto, who is redeemed in the first episode by her. And oh god, it was so good. It this is also Little Problems, the Aphrodite episode with the little girl yeah. uh, oh, who gets that was stuck in the same body as Xena. Yeah. This is when we get the seed. Oh, the seeds of faith! That has to be one of the best episodes of this show. That's the one when Eli dies, and we find out that the soul that is meant to be like Xena's baby is Callisto. That episode was so good. And we this is the one with punchlines. That's the, um, your favorite clip show. Oh, yeah! Yeah! That one. Oh my god. This is also when we get the dramatic Joxer episode because I feel like up until this point, Joxer only got like dramatic moments, like in the time loop episode when he dies the first time. But this is when we get the one where he's poisoned and Ted Raimi gets to flex his drama yeah. chops. Oh! Oh my god! Oh! The heartstrings. Oh my god. The heartstrings. This is also Married they with gave Fish my Sticks. Boy a delightful episode. Oh they my gave god. my boy lots of episodes. I think they were preparing for when they were going to kill him He's... in the next season. Yeah. Well, he dies. Oh, he dies in this, um, like, the end, he's... right? Um, no. In the end... Actually, wait, no. Does he? I can't remember if he dies in the finale of this. Yes, 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 he does. Yes. Yes, he does. He yeah. dies at the end of the season. If I'm remembering everything correctly. This also has the Selma Blair um, time travel episode. Oh my oh god. My god. 
there is so much there is so much about this season that like and then of course we get Livia oh we get yeah. the Twilight of the Gods oh yeah oh, they killed all the gods oh in like the back half of oh, the season oh I can't and okay there we'll talk about how this is probably the best season of what the show in a sec but remember the Matthew Lillard looking guy in that finale mm -hmm. with the blonde hair that was like being a little gremlin um i have started watching young hercules which is a spin-off of the xena franchise uh it's starring a young ryan oh boy as hercules oh my god <laughs> um and this is about like his time as a child like going to the academy with like his bestie friend and being taught by Chiron um that guy is like his first <laughs> villain <laughs> Ares enlists him to basically get Hercules to off himself um in some stupid way because he like sends him to go get um a cup of Hera's and I, I literally haven't watched the next episode yet I'm probably going to because it's extremely short and it's a really delightful show uh but he gets like carried off by a phoenix it's so cute like this show i kind of wish i really wish actually that i had known about this show as a kid <laughs> but yeah at, at this point um season five is definitely the best this mm. is my number one and then we have season six which is, this is where it gets really complicated because I honestly feel like the best I could say is that season five and six are equally tied as at first. Yeah. I, I don't think. You don't think. I don't. Because this has the, the Z, that, that episode. It has so many episodes and so much gay and so much happens. I, I even uh, they killed yeah. him in the last season. So I was happy. Yeah. I, I'm gonna have to say that season six is like my second favorite to tied for first. Season four gets to take up both the last and second to last ratings. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is a better way to put it two ratings to contain all the suck. Okay, so my personal final ranking then leaves it as the worst is season four. Mm -hmm. Season one is next, but purely just because it's not bad, but they build off this better. Mm -hmm. Followed by season three, which could have been way better, but did have some standout episodes. Season two, which is just a phenomenal take on doing a second season because that can be so difficult doing a second season can be real hard they did a good job they did a really good job they did a good job that was solidly written and then number one five and six are tied just can't pick one no. but that's okay because we have season four to take up the the bottom two rankings yep what's your personal ranking then so, mine, obviously season four is at the bottom, because so much suck, not enough ranking. Um, I think season three would probably be next. It was just very... Nothing really, like, 
got me in that season. There were obviously moments. Every episode is different, and every episode has the potential to be good, even if the season itself is kind of mid. But this one, it just didn't have anything that particularly, like, gave me a reason to really, really like this season. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. Season 2 is going to be next on my ranking. It was good, but, like... There are other seasons that give me more reason to rank them higher, mm -hmm. essentially. Valid. Um, my next one is going to be season five. That one gets number three mm -hmm. because there was there was a lot of stuff going on in there. They tied up a lot of loose ends, and it also contained a lot of mm -hmm. plot that was fun. the whole like the Twilight of the Gods plotline was really just chef's kiss also that season like it hung on to the greek mythology more from like the first season mm -hmm. which is what really got me into like the whole vibe it yeah. hung on to the greek mythology plots a lot better than other seasons have yeah that is a fly have with some seasons yeah it it the, the the uh, seasons that ranked lower were usually the ones that didn't hang on to the Greek mythology and and they wandered off into like other places. Mm -hmm. And then second is going to be season one. It it takes a lot to get me really invested in a show. Yeah. But season one, like the first season, is obviously the most important because that's the first impressions. And the first impressions were good. Yeah. Love the lore. Love how they brought in the characters that we would be seeing throughout. Speaking of, when what season did they bring in Alti? Was that season? Um, that would have been. Was that season three or four? I can't remember. It was somewhere right in the middle. They just kind of popped her in there after they had introduced a bunch of important characters already. And then they treated her like she had been in there for the same yeah. amount of time as all the other important big bads. That's because um, she was introduced as a facet of her backstory, which every part of Xena's backstory is introduced as if what it should have already been known. Um, she was introduced yeah. in Adventures in Adventures in the Sin Trade, which was... Sound like it would have been in season four. Season four, episode two. She was introduced in the two-parter uh, season premiere. Oh, yeah, I was right. Yeah, she just kind of showed up. Yeah. Which, Halfway shame through. that the season... Yeah, it's a shame that the season that introduced uh, the cigarette mom is the one that sucked the most. Yeah. Anyways. But, yeah, season one... It successfully set my expectations for what the show was going to be and introduced the characters, introduced the vibes, all that good stuff in a way that actually got me invested, which is a challenge to get me invested in. Yeah. Especially shows with six seasons. And then, top yeah. of the list, season six. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal yeah. way to end a show. A lot of gay... Mm -hmm. They just, they pulled out all the stops because they knew they could get away with it. And boy, did they. It was so good. Yeah, because I think that's the primary thing about it is like, it's a great case study in having fun with writing because it feels so silly in a way that I don't feel like shows 
let themselves be yeah. even comedies. Like, there's a level of excitement and experimentation that I respect the f Yeah, out of. they, like, with the entire show, they managed to keep a really good pacing for plot development yeah. and stuff, but they also made the time for episodes where they just get a little silly with it. Because that's also the thing that you have to remember with big, large-scale shows like this and in their cultural context compared to, like, a modern-day, like, Stranger Things, let's say. Not everything was known. Not everything was planned. Mm -hmm. um, if you've seen Deep Space Nine, you know a great example of what I'm trying to say. I won't say it here, though, because that's a spoiler for a show we're going to watch eventually. <laughs> but... It shows how good of, like, a writing team you can have when things feel like they were thought of ahead of time. Where, like, you can go back and if you're, like, really paying attention, you can feel like, oh, this is coming. Because there was, in fact, a point where I remember saying, wow, there's been a lot of, like, babies and, like, little things about domesticity and motherhood in this storyline. They must be, or, like, in this plot season... They must be, like, trying to foreshadow Eve, only to then discover, no, no one knew that was coming because Surprise! Lucy Lawless got pregnant. <laughs> and, like, I think that is a sign of a really good writing staff, is being able to write things that believably feel planned ahead of time. Because, yeah, things like the Twilight of the Gods were, but the context in which they did it and the overarching context of how they did these things. Yeah. And that's also a thing that, like, I so love, is that so many of these things are running stories within their greater context. There's the meta plot about what the future holds in this world. There are so many B and C plots running. There's everything with, um, was it Epiphany? Uh, who had the baby with the centaur? we get closure to that in the final season. That started in season one and carried through the rest of the show and would touch other storylines like Solon and Eve. It, they just, they never let anything hang. With all of these B-plots and C-plots just scattered all around, that it's like they put them aside until they have an episode where it would be perfect to bring that back. But it's not cluttered because it's like they're all happening all over the place, so it, when they're not relevant, they can just keep them aside. So it's not like, oh, this thing has been happening for a really long time. It's, oh yeah, this thing has been happening in the background this entire time and I forgot about it until just now. And there are so many that I wish they had chosen over others. And there are some that, like, definitely weren't as well done as the others. I am not saying this is a perfect show. I am saying it is a solid show. Oh, yeah. It is a it is carefully crafted in a way that is not only, like, impressive, but I respect for the fun of it. That That is, like, the one thing that I feel like I keep saying is it's just fun in a way that I don't find as many shows be. They don't take the time to be fun. And that's the thing, is like, I 
there's a certain playfulness that I feel like you only see in like sitcoms. That's the thing about it. Is like this is a quote-unquote serious historical franchise. Um, I say that so loosely. But it does have the sitcom sillies every now and then. Yeah. It's primarily sillies, at least to start. But that's the thing about it, is that I don't feel like there is as many, I guess you could say, unrestrained? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah, unrestrained shows, where, like, it truly did let itself go everywhere and anywhere. And I feel like it did it in a way that you only see in a sitcom. Yeah. And the more I think about it, that's what I really think it is. And I find that so interesting. Um, I think the fact that it invokes the idea of a sitcom, they have the same kind of as a sitcom, is why we don't see that much kind of, like, like this in other media. Because it's like, oh, this is a serious show, we can't have sitcom tomfoolery happening here. Why would we do that? When, if you do it right, sitcom tomfoolery can enhance the seriousness of the serious parts of the show, and also give you padding to extend the season, fill things out, have a little bit of a breather, some comic relief in a serious show, which so much of this was very, very serious. But we also had episodes where, the, like, like the mermaid episode. That one, they didn't need to do that, but they did, and we appreciate it. Because it's just like, why is this who knows? They're just having a good time. We need a good time every now and then. I'm realizing all of this is also why I love the librarians. Not to bring it back up, I'm sorry, but genuinely, if you like this show, check out the librarians. I feel like we're doing the worst AMA <laughs> on Reddit, except <laughs> it's the librarians. Anyways, um... And if you've made it this far in the episode, welcome to the end. The end bit. Of which we did not think it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we would at least get, like, another month, uh, another month of shows. Uh, and then the studios said no. <laughs> the studios said, hey, you in particular, along with all these other guys, but also f***ing you. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, once again, congratulations to the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild, but also my condolences to the Actors Guild for the raw deal they got. Yeah, you stuck it there out was, and There was... You did it. There was some good things, but there's also a lot of bad things, and I hope the IATSE negotiations next year go a lot better. Yeah. And don't take nearly as long. Yeah, because, oh my god, how long was it going? I literally forgot because oh, it's been god. going on so long. Oh god, it was long. like... The WGA strike began May 2nd and ended September 27th. Oh my god. The SAG strike, on the other hand, began in July and ended in November. Yeah. So, good luck to IATSE. I believe it's IATSE that has negotiations next year. 
I believe in them. All of that aside, we did have a very good first season, and this was a lot of fun. I am so happy you agreed to this. I'm having the time of my life, dude. I truly cannot put into words how much fun this has been. It really has been. You have subjected me to so many brain worms. It's insane. And as we close out our first season watching old fantasy shows, next season we begin anew watching sci-fi. Mm, sweet, sweet sci-fi. I have never been very invested in sci-fi except for those few moments where I was really invested in sci-fi. I am incredibly picky with sci-fi. Yeah. And what shows we have watched so far um, and what ones we will are like we really aren't venturing out of my sci-fi comfort zone this season. Maybe in the future we will give other sci-fi a try but I am like physically repulsed by hard sci-fi. That sounds so dramatic and I don't want that to sound judgmental because I respect the f out of it. I just can't tolerate it. My attention span's not there. In theory it's fun but in practice it's bleh. I, I am a pulp sci-fi fanatic through and through. We have our uh, sci-fi genres, and most sci-fi doesn't fall into the sci-fi genres we watch. The one exception to that uh, is going to be our first show, Black Hole High. Oh, surprise, oh it God. goes hard. It goes so hard. And, oh, it's one of the best shows I have ever watched. It This is my third time watching it, and it still holds up. It's great. It really is. Much respect. <laughs> that This show made me like science as a kid without feeling preachy and educational. Yeah, this was... This is the kind of science show that I would have been obsessed with as a kid because most of them feel like the kind of stuff that a teacher would put on. The kind of stuff that doesn't have, like, substance to it. It's just the education. They fit the education in with so much substance. Oh my god. Yeah. This is... This, the way that I've always had the different sci-fi genres explained to me is soft sci-fi is someone who wants to tell a story with science elements. Hard sci-fi is someone that just wants to nerd out to you about a concept they learned. Mm -hmm. This genuinely feels like, like they found a way to do both. Yeah. Like there is a concept they want to nerd out about. And they do that in the sequel series, but they set up the story to get you invested in the concept. Mm -hmm. They 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 blended the narrative with the science in a way that I haven't seen others do. Like there was as investment in the story as there was in what they want to geek out about. Okay, we have to do a little bit of housekeeping. 
after all of this gushing, mm -hmm. to do a little bit of podcast homekeeping. Just a little bit, as a treat. <laughs> uh, this season, we were airing every other Tuesday. Uh, starting next season, for our 2024 season. We're mixing it up. We will be airing every other Thursday, beginning on January 25th. Yeah. One fun thing next season is that we are going to have a new little sort of feature. We are doing some modern recommendations because we've talked kind of about the modern shows that we like. We occasionally mention them while yeah. we're doing things, but we're actually turning it in, into a, like a segment this time. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for all the issues with modern production, there are still some incredibly talented people out there doing great things. Yeah. So let's just hope what Warner Brothers isn't able to buy Paramount. Oh, God. Let's hope they don't buy our stuff that we like and cancel it all. I'm so scared for Star Trek if they do that. I know, bro. It's scary. Well, we're praying antitrust laws actually do what they're supposed to do and stop this because that's what they're there for yep come on lawyers do your thing and because we thought that the strikes were going to be over sooner we did in fact record a halloween episode for y'all and because that got pushed out of the way we're going to sprinkle in a little treat for y'all so it's really not going to feel like we're taking a break at all from this show <laughs> We, we really aren't out of place halloween moment don't worry about yeah. it uh so you're gonna get a little halloween in january on january 11th yeah we didn't have enough halloween in october so we're having a little bit in january as a treat just yeah. to um wish the christmas season an unfond farewell we are going to talk about snow white 2001 starring Kristen kruick as snow white this was a Snow White that I hadn't gotten to experience before. Honestly, I, I like don't think I ever even heard of this one. I didn't think I had either, but then after we watched it, I showed it to my mother because we love Tenth Kingdom, as we already discussed in this. Hmm. Uh, and this is produced by the same people. This was from like the same programming block or something like that and it turns out that um my mother does know this we do know it she wanted us to watch it when i was a little kid because it's you know the same programming and production company and all that and apparently as a child i threw a f***ing fit <laughs> I refused to watch it. I had a moral objection to this movie. I don't know why. We have no idea why. Sometimes you just don't need a reason. Sometimes a child brain just goes, no, never. I refuse. Uh, that's how I was with Dragon Ball Z when I was a kid. I don't know why I had such an insane aversion to it, uh, but like, my sister watched Dragon Ball Z, and whenever it was on, I would literally just, like, leave the room. Oh, I... <laughs> I always wanted to watch Dragon Ball Z, but somebody wouldn't let me and would make me leave every time I watched it because one time I accidentally called it P. 
Pokemon because I was f***ing four, Nicholas. God. Love that. Nicholas is a little... <laughs> I don't even know who Nicholas is, but he's a little... <laughs> Nicholas. I think that's all we have to say. I don't know how to end this. We've never had to do this before. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining us and listening to our ramblings. We hope you'll hang out and listen to more of our ramblings. It can only go downhill yeah, from here. We have a lot to come next season for sci-fi and onward so from much. there. Because of course I'm an over planner. <laughs> don't look at my notes app. They have no idea. They don't even know. I know. Kind of. I only have little glimpses into how much of an overplanner you are. I'll send you screenshots. Anyways. Anyways. So from ours to yours, I don't know. The holidays are technically kind of over now. And I'm so f***ing glad for that. <laughs> Good riddance. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye now. Later, bitch. I so can't wait for us to talk about Star Trek. listening to you got to know be sure to share with your friends and family music by kevin mcleod